The message you're about to listen to is from the Household of David Mercy Conference 2024, themed The Resurrection. Be blessed as you listen. Hallelujah. How many of us here are proud of Pastor Shola? You know, I was saying to the First Lady earlier that uh, I came here this morning sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, extremely proud of this couple. Yeah. Extremely so. You know, you won't understand what I'm talking about except if you have walked with God and you've you have the understanding that the life that we live in Christ is a life of trials and triumphs. Trials and triumphs. Trials and triumphs. And we never get stranded. Yeah. Trials don't overwhelm us. Trials don't stop us. They create pathways for triumph. Are you still with me today? Yeah. They create pathways for triumph. There's no triumph without trials. And uh, in Christ, our victory is established, fully registered, no doubt in it. But to validate it, we must not be afraid of trials. Because the pathway to our victory and our triumph consistently will be trials, and some of them we use as toothpick. <laughs> you don't understand. <laughs> That, you know, there are some trials, you, you, they may look big to you, but what God wants is that you just use those ones as toothpick, you know. That David said, you know, uh, the lion came, the deer came, I, I stepped on them, I used them for toothpick. So, who are you, this uncircumcised Philistine, said, I'll, I'll bring you down, I'll bring you down. I'm, I'm just saying that for you to know that it's not in the time of peace that great leadership is established and celebrated. It's in the time of trials and triumph that leaders are validated. These are real leaders. Yeah. Real leaders. Because we know leaders. And leaders are separated from just, you know, people are still trying to find their feet in the time of trials. Can I pray for you this morning? That in your time of trial, God will help you to focus on your triumph. For somebody listening to me this morning, wherever you are hearing the sound of my voice, trials will no longer overwhelm you. Yeah. You will overwhelm and overcome every trouble, every challenge. Yeah. Every trial that will come your way in 2024 will validate your victory in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Oh, I say one more time, I said every trial that will come your way in 2024 will further validate your victory in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Somebody shout a better amen. Lift your two hands to Jesus all over this place. Celebrate the victory of the cross. Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. It's to you that we have gathered. It's to you that we have gathered. And this beautiful Saturday morning at Mercy Conference 2024, we dedicate this place to you afresh, declaring and enforcing the victory of the cross and declaring that today is for triumph. Today is for victory. Today is for the expressions of your gifts today is for the expressions of your presence so we yield to you today and we ask that you have your way rule and reign in the midst of your people let your presence pervade and permeate this atmosphere make it conducive for divine interventions make it conducive for the outbreak of the supernatural let the whole of today and the remaining days of this conference Signal, signal the pit of hell that we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are not holding back anything because we are laying hold on every victory that has been here marked for this season. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. And we ask that you have your way in the midst of your people as we preach and teach your word today. Confirm your word with signs following. Let no one be the same again. And let your name and your name alone be glorified. 
in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Somebody shout a better amen. amen. Shout a believing amen. amen. Put your hands together, celebrate Jesus, and you may have your seat. Hallelujah. What a joy, what a privilege to be here at Mercy Conference 2024. Uh, before I get into the Word of God, I just want to just say some things in press in my spirit. I believe that somebody is here, especially this morning session, because God wants to deposit something in you. You know, as uh, Pastor Shola was uh, about to introduce me, he mentioned that I used to pastor here. And, uh, you know, there were things that my pastor said about this location when we came to site this place for the first time and things that God showed him that leaders and great people from around the world would gather here to be uh, trained, tutored, and exposed to the word of God and the ways of God, and they would take charge, they would take over. And you know, then we thought it was just going to be about maybe people, I mean, day star members. But you know, coming here, I see prophecies fulfilled. Because this place, this space, uh, has become a space where uh, a body of Christ globally uh, can use, can, can then, you know, people can be capacitated here for global influence. And I know you are a partaker of that. Amen. I say you are a partaker of that. Amen. That word will come to pass in your life. Amen. But this is where I'm going. When I came into this place today, as I sat down there, the Holy Spirit started to impress on my heart that I say builder's anointing and a builder's grace that is coming upon people in this service, people, you know, watching online. Can I tell you the truth? I had the privilege under God to witness and to participate in the, the putting together of this facility. I sat on a committee that worked continually you know, in putting this place. And when I got in, it just dawned on me that there was a particular grace that was released at that time that I partook of. That after I've been released from this place, I've had the privilege of, you know, putting up uh, structures and uh, building for, for the kingdom of God. Uh, it's, it's, you know, there's some grace to just break the ground and and, and make things grow out of the ground. I don't know who needs that grace here today, but I just believe that there's an unusual grace uh, to establish, to build, uh, to, to raise up. And I'm not talking ephemeral things. I'm not talking spiritually only, as in that you will be able to say, God did that one. God raised that one through me. God, you know, God, God created this through me. Lift your two hands to heaven and say, Father, let the resurrected power of Jesus manifest in my life. Make me a builder of men. Make me a builder of structures. Uh, make, make me a builder for your kingdom. Make me a builder of businesses. Make me a builder. Let the grace for divine establishment to establish sand posts for the kingdom of God. Yeah, grace for divine establishment, to be able to establish things that will be a signpost that people will see and say, this is a kingdom business, this is a kingdom organization, this is a kingdom family. Uh, we can see what is coming out of here. You know, like Nicodemus went to Jesus and said, no man can do the things that you do except God is with him. Yeah, except God is with him. That people will be able to see around you, no man can do the things that you do except God is with you. That's a signpost for divine presence and for the kingdom of God. May that grace come upon somebody here. Amen. Your hands will not be weak. Amen. Your heart will not be weak. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Your hands will build. Amen. Your hands will raise up. Amen. Your hands will establish. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody shout a better amen. amen. Glory to Jesus. Let's get into the word of God. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. You know, I took my time to ponder 
to pray and to think about what, what should I share here today. You know, the, the places that you're invited to to speak, and if you speak regularly, and I get the privilege to speak regularly in different places, that God will just tell you, you know that message that you have, just go and preach it there. And there are some messages that God will give you sometimes I will say preach it from place to place. But at some places you're going, as you ask God what to say, it starts to steer your heart in a particular dimension. And that's what, what, what happened here. When I saw the resurrection, I asked God, what, what should I preach? I have so many Easter messages, so many <laughs> resurrection messages. And God started to steer my heart in a, you know, in a dimension of something specific, you know, what uh, designers call bespoke, tailor-made, something uh, that is more for this house and for you. And that's why I believe I'm here today to be able to share this. Let's start out. I'm going to read two passages of the scripture. What I feel God is putting in my heart to, to speak about is to speak into your heart about how to live out the resurrected life in day-to-day -day living. Yeah. Living out the resurrected life in day-to-day -day living. And, you know, Jesus demonstrated that in many ways in the scriptures. But I want to just read two passages. Uh, John 11. John 11. I read from verse 17. Uh, okay, let's, let's read from... Let's read from verse, verse 11. Verse 11 of John 11. The Bible says, And these things he said, and after that... He said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get up. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking rest in sleep. Then Jesus said, uh, to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for, you, for, your, for your sakes that I was not there. That you may believe. Nonetheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us go that we may die with him. These are the point where you wonder, how come this guy is around Jesus. How could this man be a disciple? Yeah. You know, I, I said, I, I, I want to show you uh, in the scriptures how to live out the resurrected life naturally or on a daily basis. Now, this is to say, as we are gathered here right now, whether physically or online, there are Thomases here. It's not bad. Jesus is not chasing Thomas away. There are some people who are still at a certain level. I mean, you wonder. Jesus only chose 12 people close to him, and one of them, even at this critical time, is still at a level where he could express himself, and he was not intimidated by what Jesus was going to say. This is where I am. This is who I am. If this guy is dead, let's go and die with him. You know? <laughs> You know, all those kind of things. Some of them, you know, I, I, when Jesus was talking, they, were, they thought he was talking about sleeping, physical sleep. Because uh, Jesus was trying to speak the language of resurrection or a language from, the, from a higher realm. Oh, can I, I don't want to uh, um, digress, but, you know, resurrection itself speaks to many things. One of the things it speaks to is dimensions. Resurrection speaks to dimensions. When you hear the word resurrection, it means, uh, it should mean to you immediately that there are dimensions. How do I mean? There's a dimension of existence. Normal existence. There's a dimension of supernatural existence, which is the resurrected life. The Jesus <laughs> or the you that people know before should not be the you that people will know when you embrace the resurrected life that is in Christ Jesus. Resurrection speaks us to, to not just dimensions, but dispensations or seasons. 
Because seasons end and a new season starts. For a new season to start in your life is a work of resurrection. Somebody stay with me today. Is somebody following me? Yeah. Old seasons die and new seasons start. The resurrected life or resurrection speaks to dimensions. It speaks to seasons. You know what we call death? Is cessation of life. An end to something. When something ends, it is called death. That's why when things end abruptly, it's always very painful. It's not only life. If a relationship ends abruptly, it's painful. Yeah. If a, a job ends abruptly, it's painful. That, because that's death. Is somebody following me now? Yeah. The same way we mourn when somebody just dies abruptly. It's the same way people mourn when somebody gets to work and they just say, the work is no more. It's gone. It's dead. It ceases to exist. But for you to move into a new season, you must have a resurrection mindset. That around God, things actually don't die. They take a new turn. Are you still with me today? They take a new turn. See, what I'm teaching this morning will help you to handle life's challenges from a different perspective. The reason why Jesus was speaking here to his disciples from the resurrection mindset and he didn't want to tell them directly because he didn't know whether they would be able to handle it. And he took it gradually. In the realm where he was operating, things don't really die. But in the realm where the disciples were operating from, as at that time, things still die. So when Jesus said, <laughs> our friend Lazarus is asleep, let's go so that we can wake him up. The disciples were still saying, if he sleeps, he will wake up, you know, and all that. Because Jesus, in the realm of Jesus, things don't die. They only sleep and they can be woken up. So I'm speaking to somebody here this morning. It may look like your career is dead, but it's not dead. It's just asleep. Mercy Conference 2024 is so that we can wake it up. <laughs> and I prophesy over somebody here today. As we move into a new week from, to, from, from, from tomorrow, Sunday. Uh, things will be rising like never before. Yeah. Somebody, before the end of next week, a new job has already resurrected. Yeah. I said a new job has resurrected. Yeah. A new job has resurrected. Yeah. Is somebody stay with me today? That's exactly what we're talking about. But there's a mindset that can lay hold on that. It's a resurrection mindset. That mindset does not see things the way they are. It sees things the way they should be in the realm of God. So in the realm of God, there's no end. We only have bend. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a self-assisting God. You cannot cause him to cease in existence. That's why it's called the ancient of days. And we say, you know, we sing the song, Ancient of Days, as old as you are, you will never change. You know, when we, talk, when we talk about change, the reason why God does not change is because God does not exist in the realm of time. He created time, but he doesn't live in it. He created night and day, but he doesn't live in it. In our realm, it's the realm of time, and it can be confusing. Because we walk in seasons and time. Genesis 1 and verse 14 speaks to seasons and time. Uh, and the, the fact that man was created to live. In, can you put that scripture on the screen for me? It said, then God said, let there be light in the firmament of the heavens. And, uh, uh, and the heavens to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and seasons for days and years. That's how demarcations were established in John 1 and verse 14. Days, nights, seasons, years, and we count it, and sometimes it can be depressing. Especially when it looks like you're not making the kind of progress 
because you are counting. Now, the person who set that in place does not live within that realm. He set it in place and is outside of it. And in Christ, is calling us to live in his realm. So we will be unperturbed about changes, about cessations, about endings, and all that, because in him, there's no end. It's a self-existing God. It's, it's the, the continuity is inside of him. Everything con- In him, all things consist. Everything continues in him. Are you still with me today? Are you getting something out of this? It's very important. If you understand this, your, your attitude to things around you in life will start to change. Things that break people down will not be able to break you down. Yeah. It's about perspective. When Jesus got to the house of Mary and Martha and saw people wailing, you know, like we always said, he didn't cry because he, he felt Lazarus would not be able to wake up. It's just the level at which people are operating. And these are the people I came to save. And see how the, the level they are. They, they don't get this thing. Yeah. They just don't get it. You know, that, that, that cry was both for, for many things. But one of such things that the cry was meant for was the level at which things still are operating with the people that Christ came to minister to. And part of it is also, you know, about everything that's going on. Let me just put it that way. So, what am I saying today? There are seasons, there are times in your life. The resurrection life is what gives you an understanding that we live in seasons, but when we live the resurrection life, we are not bound by seasons because seasons are subject to change by the one who created them. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. And when a season comes to an end, resurrection kicks in and brings in another season. Did somebody stay with me today? That's why I'm fully persuaded that whatever season you are in right now is about to change. Every expired season, you are not expiring with them. The resurrection power of God kicks in out of you. Only a few people believe that. Let me tell you a story quickly so that you understand what I'm saying. While I pastored here in Desta many, many years ago, this story I'm telling you must be maybe about 20 years ago, there was a man who used to be um, in the Air Force. I've forgotten his rank, but he was like um, he was a pilot, an helicopter pilot. Those were, you know, early days of our church, of this church. And, you know, back in the day, during the military era, um, in the late 90s, what, how do they sack people, especially government people? You hear it on the news, NTA news at 9 o'clock. Yeah. They just announced uh, uh, Rear so and so, and this, da, 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 they've all been retired. And because our church was still, you know, a young church, everybody knew everybody. <laughs> so we heard in the news that a member of the church had been sacked. So it was common knowledge. This was Friday night. They always do it around Friday night, so that into weekend. People cannot do anything about it. By Monday, you will have accepted your fate and just move on with life. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So uh, uh, the following Sunday, almost all the church had heard about it. You know, there are some things that happen to you Back in the day, if it got in the news, everybody would know. Today, uh, social media had made it worse. Yeah, which is why I salute Pastor Sholas Corey to get on social media and say, this is what happened to us, but this is not going to stop us because we live the resurrected life. <laughs> yeah. So this man came, and uh, people were... A lot of people, you know, people wanted to go to his house. People, when he came to church and was telling us the story, family members came. See, that Friday night, people came to them, Saturday, everybody that came. All he told them is, what do you want to eat? What do you want to drink? Those were the days of uh, Hosanna Integrity. Lift him up. His name is Lifted. He said he put around Connolly, and that was what he was playing. Everybody that came to his house thought he was having a party, and he had just been sacked. Yeah, just been sacked. 
came to church the following day, people thought, you know, he won't even come or anything. He showed up happy and all that, you know, telling people, if you want to visit, you can visit. We have rice, we have coke, we have... <laughs> and people didn't understand. You know, at that point, you may be thinking that maybe the man is losing it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you know, he's, de- he's, he's in denial. <laughs> but the truth was that the man n- knew something from within that is su- su- superior to what's happening. So what happened to that man? He continued to rejoice, live in the reality of what he was seeing. Can I tell you the truth? This man, a couple of weeks down the line, got a job with uh, one of the oil companies, I don't want to mention names, as a senior helicopter pilot. His salary was like 10 times what government was paying him as an Air Force officer. And you know what they did? They restored all of his benefits and backdated his appointment to the effective day that government sacked him. He did not lose anything, and he got 10 times what he was getting before. That's how you provoke the resurrection power to work on your behalf. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? Let's get back to our text. So Jesus said to them, verse um, 14, plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I'm glad historians said that there was a belief system among the Jews that I think it's about uh, three days, that after somebody has died for three days, their spirit will have traveled. By the fourth day, they will have gotten to God. So four days, you are not able, it's not possible to come back. They had faith. Some people who believe in resurrection had faith, but their faith did not pass a particular, you know, level, which is that after a while, you are not supposed to be, this person is not supposed to be able to come back again. The Bible says now, Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles, and many of the Jews adjoined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now, Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting in the house. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, somebody say even now. Even now, now, I know that whatever you ask of God, he will give you. And Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know it will rise in the resurrection at the last day. You know, the same person that said even now. You see how people can be, yeah. He had said, whatever you ask the father, even now he will do it. Uh, but maybe it's not at this level. Do you get what I'm saying? And the moment Jesus said, your brother will rise again, Martha postponed it. Yeah. I believe, but not now. He had said, even now, but he said, no, at the end. You know, you know why, why Paul's here to say this? This is a word for somebody here. Stop postponing what is in season. Yeah. There are certain things in your life, when angels check them in heaven, that's what is trending. And some of us have a way to postpone what is already trending in the spirit. A relationship is what is trending when we, when we check you on the radar. But you, you are saying, I'm not ready for marriage. Uh, I am not, uh, you know, uh, all the brothers in this church, I don't know what's wrong with them. Uh, when, when I, when I jagba and I get to London, then I will not find my own, you know. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm telling you how to live with I mean, the resurrection life on a regular that whatever is in God's prophetic agenda for your life, you will not use your mouth to postpone it. Yeah. Are you still with me today? Yeah. Because some people feel uh, that, that some things are convenient for them at a certain time, either to, for their mind to comprehend it or for them to be able to live with it. But they are not considering what God has in mind for that time. 
Because your mind says it won't be possible now. Martha believed that Jesus could do many things, including raising Lazarus. But something in her said, it's not for now. It's for later. And look at what Jesus said, and I'm, I'm pausing here to say this to somebody here. Stop postponing what God has planned for now. Let your faith rise now. Come into a divine alignment with God. Let your mind expand to be able to accommodate what God has in mind. Part time, part time. Yeah, there are things, you know, like Ecclesiastes 3 says to everything, there's a time and, uh, you know, a purpose for every season and something like that. There's what God is doing now or ready to do now that somebody here is still thinking in five years. Somebody is still thinking when this happened and then that will happen. Martha felt when we get to the end, then everybody will resurrect and Lazarus too will resurrect. May God deliver us from positive checks. In the name of Jesus. Every check that is written in heaven, you are cashing it now. I said you are cashing it now. You are cashing it now. I said you are cashing it now. In the name of Jesus Christ. You know why I'm smiling? The Holy Spirit was just reminding me about seasons of my life where I thought some things will not be possible or not be able to happen as fast. You know, one day I came here with a guy who used to be a music director. I think it was just the second year after I left Daystar. I came to see my pastor and the guy was with me. So the guy was moving around, moving around here. And when I finished my meeting with my pastor, I came in. I met him inside the auditorium, and the guy looked at me and said, Pastor, I just believe that God's going to give us our place as a church. I know we're still a young church, but God's going to give us, uh, because I can see the, the grace that is here and all that, and you have that grace. You know, in my mind, I was saying, what's wrong with this one? Because we brought you here now, you now be harassing me. <laughs> so, because in my mind, I was thinking, so... Uh, this guy wants to put me under pressure. You know, you know that some things, your husband is talking to you, your wife is talking to you, a friend is talking to you, somebody says, look, your voice is going to be heard. I, 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 I mean, you, 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 the globe is your territory. You, you, you are not, you are not, you know, people are speaking into your life. <laughs> and you are the last person to believe what they are saying. You see, when we started building our current location, that thing that that guy said that day flashed and came back to me because that was just three years later. And I was like, so why was I behaving like Thomas that day? Because there are some things that are already, if you can look at, you know the way you check trending on Twitter? Or Facebook. Uh -huh. Some of us need to enter into the realm of the spirit and check what is trending part time and see what is trending. Because if you can see trends, you can key into them. Yeah, you can key into them. You can let your attitude change when you see what God is doing in other people's life. Whatever is happening in the neighborhood is coming to your house. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, if some things are happening, they're happening around you, happening with people that are not far from you, then you need to know that this thing is coming. It's coming close. I need to prepare. Rather than looking at such people and feel like, oh, these are the only kind of people that God wants to use, or these are the only kind of people that God can do this. Oh, it's because his father is uh, uh, a wealthy man, or it's because her husband. Uh, works in so and so place. That's why she had the courage to do this. No. When something is happening, you need to, uh, you know, just receive it. Know that it's coming close. 
is coming close. Tell your neighbor, say, it's coming close. Say, it's coming close. Say, there's a manifestation that is coming close. So I'm preparing, I'm preparing to receive it. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. Jesus said to her, verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Look at that. He may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? And she said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is to come into the world. Now, let, let's look at verse 25 and 26 very well. And let me try to unpack what that should mean to you and I. Jesus described himself as the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Is that not contradictory? It means that he who believes in me may experience some cessations, some things ending, some things cutting off, but it will be an opportunity for new beginnings. Can I say this to somebody here? In life, there will always be necessary endings because necessary endings precede new beginnings. Are you still here today? Yeah. There will be that's what Jesus was saying there. There will be necessary endings because necessary endings pave way to new beginnings. In Christ, necessary endings are not hands in themselves. It is that they must pave way to new beginnings. Am I speaking to somebody here today who has experienced a necessary ending? When God decides to cut something out, like Jesus was describing in the parable of the vine, uh, I am, I, I mean, in describing himself, I, 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 I am the, 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 the vine dresser or something like that. And then it was describing the work of the fine vine dresser is that it cuts off some branches, some things, so that they, 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 he said, if I prune you, then you will bear more fruit. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. In the process of pruning, you cut off. It looks like some things will cease, but they don't actually cease. They pave way to bigger growth. Are you still with me? Put that scripture on the screen for me. Uh, 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 I think uh, John uh, 15, yeah. Every branch that, uh, that, that does not bear fruit, it takes away every branch that bears fruit. It what? Prunes that it may bear more fruit. The word pruning is cutting off, shaping out. The only problem is that sometimes we experience prunings and we see them as death, as cessation, as that thing has ended, and, and you know, this one has ended. So in our regular life, we don't embrace the resurrection power of God that keeps things flowing, that turns an end to a bend, that makes new beginnings out of necessary endings. Though he may die, some things will end. I've come today to speak to somebody here. You may just have lost a relationship, lost something that you feel is so dear to you. Though he may die, yet he will live again because God sometimes will prune out, prune out, cause something to end. Cause this one to end is because he has a bigger glory ahead of you. Is somebody still here today? I said, are you still here today? Very important. Very important that you have this at the back of your mind. Jesus said, you, you don't have to wait till the end. I am the resurrection and the life. I'm the resurrection and the life. Can I quickly describe the superiority of resurrection? The superiority of resurrection. It's important that you get this understanding. Stay with me, everybody. Life speaks to existence. 
Death speaks to cessation of existence. Am I saying the truth? Resurrection speaks to kicking in of a superior existence. So life is threatened by death. Resurrection swallows up death. (laughs) I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah. Life is usually threatened by death. So resurrection is superior to life. For life can be defeated and ended. But resurrection overcomes. Life is a power to exist. But resurrection is the power to conquer all. Oh, may the Lord give you understanding. That's why Jesus said, he that keeps his life will lose it. But he that lets it go will find it in me. Because I'm the resurrection and the life. Yeah. Many of us are holding too tight to something that can end. Where something that cannot end has been presented to us. <laughs> Is somebody still with me today? Very important. You must have this. You must, you must internalize it. When Paul was writing in Galatians 2 and verse 20, I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The life I now live. <laughs> I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. He was describing resurrected life. Because the life that you and I are, you know, grappling with and, you know, striving for, he said, that life I've been cru- crucified, you know, with Christ. It's no longer high that live. See, when you can say this, that's where, like Paul, they can say, whoever owns this gadu, if he goes to Jerusalem, he will be what? Killed. Do yeah, you remember the prophecy of Agabus? Are there believers in this house? Yeah. And Paul said, I'm willing not just to go, but whatever befalls me in Jerusalem is not a problem because I carry resurrection and life. It is the cessation of ordinary life the real life will continue to flow. You see, when you have this understanding, you you will cease to live in fear of certain occurrences. You will get what is supposed to be bad news and you have capacity to rejoice. (laughs) The way some people are looking at me like, where did they get this man from? (laughs) Don't worry. I just want something to seep in and to stay there. I say it again, life is the power to exist, but resurrection is the power to conquer all. Even death that threatens the existence of life. So believers must learn to live in Christ, our life, but also Christ, our resurrection that conquers all. Are you still with me right now? Yeah. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the God of your existence and the one who still, who will kick in even when it looks like there's no more existence. Let me describe uh, what, what I'm saying from two other scriptures very quickly. Very quickly. Uh, from two other scriptures. First Corinthians 15 from verse 45. Can you put it on the screen? 1 Corinthians 15, 45. It says, And so it is written, The first man, Adam, became a living being, and the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first Adam is a living being. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. Can I have two men, please, quickly? Two Adams, quickly, quickly, quickly. Help me, just help me. Come, come here. Face the, face the congregation. Um, Adam 1, Adam 2. Are we good? Adam 1.0, Adam 2.0. Are we good? Are you following me? Adam 1, a living being. Adam 2. The only issue is that Adam 2 is not just Adam 2, it's last Adam. Yeah. The first Adam and the last Adam. The first Adam, the last Adam. This last Adam carries the resurrection power. It's a life-giving spirit. It is dunamis. 
self-reproducing spirit. Self-reproducing, self-existing. The first Adam can be cut off. It's just a living being. Death is a cessation of life. Resurrection swallows death. <laughs> so, the last Adam is not just a living being, it's a life-giving spirit. A life-giving spirit has been able to undo resurrection. That's why I could say, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he dies, <laughs> though he may die, he shall live because he's now in contact with the last Adam. And if you want to use modern day parlance, this is Adam 2.0, superior in all ramification. Are you still with me today? Now, let's assume that we morph them together. Can you stay in front of him? In front of him. Yeah. Come, come, come up. Yeah, come in front of him so that people can see you. Come. Let's assume we morph them together. Sometimes this is how we live. <laughs> Paul was describing this when he was talking about the old man and the new man. Yeah. We morph them together. This looks like my name, Godman. Do you get what I'm saying? There's God and man hooked together. A living being and a life-giving spirit. Now, this is where problem actually starts. When you speak to him, not them. <laughs> when you speak to him, it depends on the one that answer to you. Or the one that choose to answer. But this is the one that actually should be able to answer on a daily basis. But most of the time, we want this one to be answering all the time. I don't know if you're getting what I'm saying. And sometimes we get used to this person answering all the time. This one is silenced. When you see somebody that refused to be consoled, like Martha and Mary, at the cessation of life, it is this person that is answering. It is this person that is answering. This one transcends emotions. Yeah. This one rises as a life-giving spirit. Are you still with me today? Yeah. It transcends emotions. So, when you see this right now, ask yourself, when life speaks to you, when people speak to you, when your faith is challenged, who will answer? Like I was telling you, the brother who challenged me in this auditorium about, you know, uh, about um, 11 years ago or so, and said, uh, PG, God. <laughs> and I was looking at him, he's in that 1.0 that was talking. <laughs> that, was, that was responding sheepishly and saying, let's just be going. Let's be going. If I keep you here too much, you'll cause problem for me. <laughs> yeah, let's just be going. But if you allow Adam 2.0, the last Adam in you to speak, to speak out all the time. Now, you know, the, the good thing about this was that Jesus demonstrated this to us in many ways. In John chapter 4, I'll tell you a bit of time. In John chapter 4, Jesus demonstrated this. In normal, regular life, and this will bless somebody, especially the young people here, listen to this. In John chapter 4, when you read from verse 1, the Bible describes the woman of some, some a Samaritan woman who went to the well, the well of Jacob, to go and get water. I think from, go to verse 5 or so, verse 5. And a woman of Samaria. So he came to the city of Samaria, which, he, which is called Sarka, and uh, near the plot of the ground, Jacob. Let's go. Next verse, quickly. Next verse. Now Jacob's well was there, and he was wearied. Jesus, therefore, being wearied from his journey, sat thus by the well. It was about the sixth hour. Now, when they say Jesus was weary, which one of them? I just want to know whether you are following me and you know book. Which one of them? 1.0. Yeah. Because Jesus called himself the son of man. When he was saying, I the son of man, he was referring to the 1.0. Yeah. 
So the son of man became weary. This one is never weary. Yeah. Uh, next verse. Look at what happened. There. Next verse. Verse 7 quickly. Verse 7. Put it on the screen for me. A woman of Samaria came to draw water and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Who is asking? Yeah, 1.0. That's the one that needs water. Alright? Uh, next verse. For his disciple had gone away into the city to buy food. Who's going to eat the food if they brought it? 1.0. God bless you. Next verse. Next verse, quickly. Then the woman of Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me a drink from a Samaritan woman? For, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Ah! This woman was provoking 2.0. Because the woman decided to get to a certain area. 1.0 will have to shut up. 2.0 will have to start to speak. I don't know if you're getting what I'm Because this woman was now reducing this person to tribe, reducing this person to, you know, sentiment and all those things. This person uh, who is sent to the whole world, who knows no tribe, no sentiment, you understand? Uh, it's being reduced to sentiment and all that. Jews have no dealings with Samaritan. Next verse. Jesus answered and said to him, if you knew the gift of God, <laughs> if you know 2.0, and who is he who said to you, give me a drink? You will have asked him, and he will have given you what? <laughs> Next verse. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? Ah. Huh. The living water is here. <laughs> yeah. The living water is here. It's here. We carry it around. <laughs> Somebody touch your tummy for me. Say we carry it. Yeah. Say it's here. Because yeah. out of our belly shall flow what? Yeah. Out of your belly shall flow what? Yeah. Living water speaks to unusual wisdom. It speaks to capacity to see things like God will see it. That is living water. Yeah. It flows and it's here. He said, if you know who is speaking to you, let me tap your neighbor's day. Do you know who is speaking to you? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you carry? Tell your neighbor you carry resurrection life. I say that life does not end. It doesn't cease. It has no end. It is self-existing. It is eternal. It's not limited to time. It's not limited to space. So Adam 1.0 is limited to time and space. This one is not. The living the two together is what positions us to live the resurrection life normally, naturally, every day. Now, let me quickly say something before I release this, my friends. Quickly, listen to this. A young man, as a young man, as a young lady, in your office, there are things that will require Adam 1.0. That you are smiling. That you are nice. That you can crack a joke. You know the reason why some people, <laughs> uh, this thing, I'm, uh, what I'm about to say now, is not casting stone, it's not a doctrine. It's just, I just want you to understand it. As a young person who is starting life, and you want to marry, for instance, and you just want to be resurrection only. You will be, you know, seeing things and all that. I just wanted to see something from this John chapter 4. Jesus leave this two realm without allowing this first to hold him back. Being nice to the woman, being able to approach the woman, being able to talk to the woman, 
he was talking as Adam 1.0. The moment the woman challenged Adam 1.0, Adam 2.0 rose up. When Jesus told the woman, go call me, call your husband, and the, the, the woman said, I have no husband, or something like that. And Jesus said, yes, uh, I know you have had five. And the one you are now, ah, the woman, <laughs> eh? <laughs> something changed. <laughs> He said, for you have had five husbands, and the one you are now, you have now, is not your husband, uh, you know. In that you spoke truly, that you don't have a husband, but we know you've had five. Look at the next verse, quickly, next verse. The woman said, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> one of the best ways to get a wife quickly is to operate in two very well. If you operate here, you will get only slay queen. <laughs> but if you operate the two where you will get a virtuous woman I don't know if you understand what I'm saying because Adam 2.0 the last Adam the resurrected life in you can pick things yeah can, that woman came to the well as slave queen by the time Jesus finished with her <laughs> she was very thirsty for the water she, she, was, she was giving her life to Christ already. She left becoming an evangelist. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. I'm telling you, living this resurrected life on a daily basis, on a daily basis, in marriage, in relationship, at work, not pandering to, you know, the ways and characteristics of this world or playing to the gallery. You carry something. The last Adam, is who you are. He that believes in me, greater works he will do, and out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Is somebody still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? This is very important. This is very important. After this weekend, when you are asked a question, please pause first and say, who should answer? Who should answer? Who should answer? Because who answers matter. So you are living here too much. You know, one of the language of this world is the language of power. If you're always benching this man and he's not speaking, speaking resurrection language. You understand? When we pray in tongues, this man does not even understand it too. That's why Paul said, he that prays that no tongue. He does not speak to man. Yeah, this is man. He does not speak. That's why he said your understanding is unfruitful. This is Adam 1.0 he's talking about. That's the realm of understanding, six sense. Yeah, or five senses. You understand what I'm saying? Uh -huh. That is this realm. When you are praying the spirit, you are building up the last Adam, Adam 2.0. That's the one you are building up. You are building it up. But there are representations of this world where Adam 2.0 begin to impact Adam 1.0. That's what Romans 8.11 describes. If the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, that same spirit will quicken this one. It will quicken this one. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? It will quicken your mortal bodies. And if he's able to quicken your mortal body, even your Adam 1.0 is under the influence most of the time. It will not misrepresent you too much. That's why as a young person, your body cannot just be misbehaving. You cannot see anything in skirt or good jeans. No. This Adam 1.0 is not the same with all the other Adam 1.0 around because it carries this 2.0 with it. Are you still with me right now? And this one is giving life to this one. Yeah. I'm bringing great improvement even to this representation. Is somebody still here today? This is very important. Lastly, lastly, and I'll close. I have just 18 seconds. God put this in my heart and I need to declare it quickly, 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 quickly. God said, as you start to give the last Adam the opportunity 
to influence the first order. Simple solutions will come to complex problems. And I don't know who I'm speaking to as I close. My time is up. You have been held too long in the realm of complex problems, thinking they will require complex solution. Let me give you a few examples quickly in one minute. One, Jesus turned water to wine. He did not create wine. That is simple solution to complex problem. David, at the Valley of Ella, 1 Samuel 17, used one stone, a pick five, but he only used one, and a sling to bring down complex problem. That is the manifestation of Adam 2.0. Yeah. Simple solutions to complex problems. Go and bath in Siloam. Simple solution to complex problem. How do we feed 5,000 people? We need two loaves, five loaves and two fish. Simple solution to complex problem. A problem was about to tear the church apart, the early church in Acts, Acts chapter 6 or so. And all they said is, let us pick five or six people among these people, deacons who administer why we will face this, they will do that. Simple solution to complex problem. As you allow the last Adam to hold the rein. Yeah. Do our heartward man perish, but the inward man is renewed day by day. Rise on your feet, everybody. Rise on your feet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Rise on your feet, everybody. Lift your two hands to Jesus. If you don't hear anything from what I've said, all I want you in one minute to just pray about is, Lord, let the resurrected life be at work in me on a daily basis to produce simple solutions to complex problems. Yeah. Simple solutions to complex problems. Lift your two hands to Jesus. Let the Lord hear your voice right now. Satan understanding them break into tongues. For Satan understanding them break into tongues. Oh, somebody. <laughs> this is the season where you will act, you see practical, simple solutions to the things that you have thought are complex. Problems that you thought would not be solved until the end of this decade. It will be solved by the end of this quarter. Simple solutions to complex problems. Is there something that looks complex in your hand right now? The resurrection life is here. Martha said, it shall rise again on the last day. Jesus said, no, it's not about the last day. It is right now, right here. There's simple solution to complex problems. Simple solution to complex problems. Simple solution to complex problems. Simple solutions to complex problems. By the oppression of the resurrection life. Thirty more seconds, just praying the Holy Ghost. La brande le keto pradika shanta rande le gete kasa e krando rodobo sete a glato kosuso tombre nenge le kete ka ra grondo predike te kaduko rodobo sha. I see a well of solutions, a well of solutions, springing forth, springing forth, springing forth, springing forth. You will just know things. You will just know them. You will just know that you know that you know. For somebody to come like a whisper, it's as if you hear the solution. Simple solutions to complex problems. Simple solutions to complex problems. I hear it in my spirit. Simple solutions 
to complex problems. Thank you, everlasting Father. Lift your two hands with me all over this place. Everyone right here, everyone online. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I release grace upon your sons and daughters Amen. for divine establishment. Amen. Let the spirit of might come upon somebody. Amen. The spirit that gives quick understanding. Amen. Quick understanding. Amen. Quick understanding. Amen. According to Isaiah 11 and verse number 3. Quick understanding. Amen. Quick understanding. In the fear of the Lord, quick understanding, Amen. quick understanding Amen. that brings simple solutions to complex problems. Amen. May grace come upon your heart, Amen. your heart will not be weak. Amen. May grace come upon your hands, Amen. your hands will not be weak. Amen. Your hands will establish the kingdom, Amen. your hands will build for the kingdom Amen. in the name of the Lord Jesus. Simple solutions to complex problems. Amen. Let that be your testimony. Amen. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody shout a believing amen. amen. Are you blessed today? Amen. I said, are you blessed today? Amen. Come on, somebody give the Lord a big shout. Thank you for listening to this message. Find out more about Household of David. Visit our website at www.householdofdavid.org. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and MixLR. Or join us for one of our services on Sundays by 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. and Wednesdays by 7 p.m. God bless you.